Good morning, Northgate, or whenever you're watching this video. It's been an interesting week. We have our son back from France, but we're in a little bit of isolation. And Doug Sprunt is going to be teaching in our gathering on Sunday morning. So we look forward to that. I'll be listening from behind a yellow line or even inside the house, uh, but quarantined and listening to that. But I did want to continue with the longer teaching in 1 Corinthians so we can glean from that. So next week we'll be into chapter 7, but I want to take some verses this morning and talk about them so we can glean and learn from them for anybody who's watching this video. But let's pray and we'll get into God's Word. So thank you, Lord. I pray you'll bless your Word this morning as we make our way through 1 Corinthians. May it be a blessing. Uh, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, be working for your glory. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Well, God's word never leaves anything out. And so here at the beginning of chapter 7, we're going to talk about some principles of marriage, and one in particular in that being intimacy. I think the church in some ways has shied away from this. And speaking about this, we love to speak about the negative things of intimacy, but we rarely talk about the positive. And I think sometimes our silence then casts a negative uh, about intimacy. And the world obviously has taken a beautiful gift, a beautiful blessing, and turned it into something that it wasn't meant to be. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul's going to talk a little bit about intimacy and marriage and some principles that we can trust and work with and then um, we're going to look at Song of Solomon, Song of Songs, and learn a few things as well. In my counseling, I would say there's five or six issues when it comes to marriage counseling that continually come up. Finances, raising children, roles, uh, all these different things. But intimacy is a huge part of marriage that causes conflict or brings growth. And unfortunately, so many marriages have fallen apart because of intimacy. And usually when I counsel couples, if there's a problem in intimacy, there's probably a deeper problem going on in the marriage as well. So it's so important to understand a little bit of what scripture would say because it's important to us. Now, if you're not married this morning, maybe there's principles you can learn when you are married. Maybe you wanna shut this video off right away. I don't know, but there is great parallels to our relationship with God as well and our intimacy with him and things we can learn. But let's start in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 where it says this, now concerning the things of which you wrote to me. So obviously they're having questions about this. Is it good for a man not to touch a woman? Nevertheless because of sexual immorality let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Verse 3, let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does, and likewise the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you, because of your lack of self-control. 
But I say this as a concession, not as a command, for I wish that all men were even as myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am, but if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So here we have it, and Paul is saying, um, if you're not married, don't look to get married. And he's saying you can give more of yourself to the Lord. And we're going to cover a little bit more of that in relationships next week and things that go along with that. But I do want you to know, obviously we can donate more of our time to the Lord. But when we are married, and marriage isn't a bad thing whatsoever. God created marriage and he called it good even before the fall with Adam and Eve. That there are some things here we certainly can learn from. Sexuality is a part of who we are. It's how we're made. And I don't want to go into a ninth grade health lesson here, but men and women certainly have desires, but they certainly are made different. And their desires come forth in different ways. But this passage is wonderful because it is saying a few things to us in regards to how God created us. Now obviously this is generally. Specifically we each probably are maybe created a little bit different in who we are. But understand this and again intimacy is a gift from God. It's not evil. Our world is taking it and making it evil but it's a blessing. It was created by God and it's not just for procreation. It is a blessing. It's how we created us. It brings pleasure. It is fun. And it is something that God has given to us between a man and a woman. And in marriage, we need to look to meet each other's needs. Now, obviously, that's not just physical. We're created in three parts. We're physical, we're emotional, we're spiritual. And we need to look to meet each other's needs in all of those things. But even in the act of intimacy, we can see that it's not just a physical activity. Intimacy is a spiritual act. It's an emotional act. It's all of these things and obviously a physical act. And that's why in the chapter before, Paul says, don't be giving yourself to prostitutes or different things in ways that aren't in the covenant of marriage because you're giving a piece of yourself away that is meant for marriage to bring a blessing to marriage. And yeah, let's look at the Song of Songs for a moment, or Song of Solomon. And there are many rabbis uh, over the years who haven't even read this book because they find it too racy. <laughs> Anyways, it uh, definitely is... Uh, a little more than PG, maybe PG-13 or even more. I don't know how they do the rating system. But there's some graphic pictures in this of a love story. And it's interesting because even in this book relating back to 1 Corinthians 7, there is a blessing and intimacy, again, is more than just procreation. I just want to point out a few things, encourage you to read the book, but make sure... Uh, you're careful as you do read it. But in our relationship, in intimacy, there are some things that we certainly can learn from it. So you have this beautiful, some people think it's like an opera, 
the the bride and the groom singing to one another. There are definitely different ways to look at this book, but it is very poetic. It's about each other. It's about intimacy. It's about their their love for one another. And the lady is called a Shumanite, and then you have the king. And she starts the book off after a few verses in verse 5 and says, I am dark but lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtain of Solomon. Do not look upon me because I am dark, because the sun has tanned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyard. So today we would say dark skin or our society, uh, that is beautiful. But back then it, it seems it wasn't and she had to work, thus her skin became dark and she's questioning and saying, look, the sun tanned me, my brothers made me out there and I am not beautiful. I am not desirous. I uh, am not what I need to be. And in marriage, it's very unfortunate, but a lot of times, because of society, because of media, because of video, women struggle with not being enough for their husbands. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. I can't compare to what everything is out there. And that what is out there is a lie, by the way, because some of it is enhanced graphically and what is beauty, it's dependent upon culture. Because look, she says she's dark today, you want dark, you want tan, whatever it is, but she's feeling unloved, undesired because of some sort of a physical feature. But we love the response and something to learn men in intimacy, in marriage, he says, oh, fairest among women. She sees herself as undesired and not enough. He sees her as the fairest among women. And he, even in the beginning of the book, is drawing her away with his love. And in marriage, I think the first thing we can learn here in regards to intimacy is simply this is men, you need no matter what to let your wives know that they are the fairest among women, that there is desire, even in how they feel and what's going on in their life and maybe questioning because comparing with the world. But here the author is saying, no, the husband desires and loves. She is fairest above all. And as marriage continues, you begin the honeymoon phase and you work through it and you get to the end. But yet this desire, that a woman needs to know she is loved, no matter what has happened, because the world is gonna question that within her in comparing and, and this whole idea. But in marriage, men have a huge part in loving and desiring and letting their wives know that truly to them, they are the fairest of all women. And that makes a huge difference in marriage, in this gift we've been given. You bring nothing else to the table. You bring nothing else to what the world would think is beautiful. It's beautiful in my eyes to wife to husband, to husband to wife. You are desired by me. You are beautiful. Not what the world thinks, not what culture thinks, not what social media thinks. And that is a huge ingredient of keeping this blessing 
in marriage. As you continue on in the book, uh, it's a, a beautiful picture as they complement one another. But then in chapter 2, it's interesting where it says in verse 15, Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. And I want to tell you in your intimacy, which should be a gift in your marriage, that there are little foxes that can really sneak in. There are foxes of busyness. There are foxes of stress. There are foxes of work. There are foxes of how we feel about ourselves. There is foxes. There is foxes. And I just want to tell you, usually, as we know, it doesn't start with a major issue. There's little issues, little issues, little issues. And if we don't deal with those little issues, those little foxes, they're going to steal the beauty of the blessing. And I've seen this so often that little things become big things if we don't deal with them. If we're not open and honest and respecting one another, these little foxes sneak in and we need to guard ourselves against those things. Those things that would take away of this blessing or this gift of intimacy. These things that sexuality gone wrong or how pornography can enter wrongly so or whatever it is or stress or novels and we need to put all of that aside and live in holiness and protect the purity and the blessing of the covenant of intimacy in marriage. And there might be some little foxes in your life sneaking in. Maybe, again, you're comparing. Maybe, again, you're looking at things you shouldn't. Maybe, again, you're too busy to denote the attention you need to one another. Maybe you're angry with one another and you need to deal with those things so it doesn't affect the blessing that God has given you because you don't want that to continue create conflict because sometimes it truly does destroy the harvest it destroys the marriage well as you move on in the song of Solomon it talks of different things but I find it interesting in chapter 5 it seems the Shulmanite there is sleeping and thinking and the door knocks in chapter 5 verse 2 and there is um the groom, the husband, says, Open for me, my love, my dove, my perfect one, for my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drops of the night. And she says, I've taken off my robe. How can I put it on again? I've washed my feet. How can I defile them? My beloved put out his hand by the latch of the door, and my heart yearned for him. I rose to open for my beloved. My hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the lock. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned and gone. And this is really applicable to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, that we are not our own. And it's, it's in total relation, man to woman, woman to man. My body's not my own my own my wife's body is not her own and that's not in a negative way that's in a positive way but what it's saying in this little thing in regards to that is we have this opportunity male and female to respect one another in intimacy to give of ourself in intimacy to bless the other and in first corinthians 7 it would say yeah to meet each 
others' needs. It's not just I'm meeting his needs or I'm meeting her needs. It's that we work together, but we're careful as he comes to the door. She's like, oh, come on. She's like, I'm all settled down. I'm all ready for the night. And now that I have to go open the door, I have to do this. I don't want to do that. And when she goes, he's gone. And I, and I don't want to look at this one way. Again, it's, it's both ways. And it's all things, but it's so easily to say, well, listen, I don't want to meet your needs because I've got too much going on myself. Vice versa, not one way or the other. But we're called to say, no, that's not the way we want to live. We want to live for one another. We want to be respecting one another. We want to be meeting each other's needs. We want to be selfless. But at the same time, yeah, that I'm respectful of my partner and I want to meet their needs. But on the other hand, if I'm feeling something and I desire something and they're not there, I'm not going to go that way either. It's such a give and take. But it's me saying it's not only about me and satisfying me. It's about me satisfying you and where you are. And I don't want to look to, okay, I've done all this. This is how I feel. I can't help you. No, either way, we want to be respecting one another. We want to be loving one another. Loving one another to meet each other's needs and loving one another to respect physically how one is feeling. It's a beautiful picture that we have to understand because in that, what we're doing is we're ministering the blessing of intimacy, respecting each other. And as you go back to 1 Corinthians 7, and it says, if you're not married, don't yearn for that. But if you are married, here are the principles that we have together to respect one another, not to let the little foxes get involved, the things that can destroy the blessing, to desire one another, men to desire and to love and to care for your wives and wives the same for your husband, that this beautiful gift that God has given us will grow. And I just wanna mention at the end, because Paul says it very, very clearly, that as we are growing, respecting, loving one another, that it is so much easier than for not one partner to stray. If our marriage is where it needs to be, or we're growing in that, even if it is a challenge and we're growing with the Lord in that, what is gonna happen is that Satan won't have room to tempt in other areas. If we're honest and we're, and we're loving and we're respecting, we just, as he says, you know, this idea of burning with passion and it sounds rather like animal-like and, and that's not the point, but okay, even he says, you know, as you take a break to fast and pray as the only reason and, but come back together so, each of you is not tempted because God has created this beautiful place in marriage. And as we do these things and think of God, we can minister to one another. Now, 
Okay, that's specifically about one thing. That's for marriage. If you're married, I hope it helps you according to scripture. But I do want to say, take it to a deeper level. And maybe if you're single and watching this, that that's our relationship with God. That he does desire. It's not a physical, it's a spiritual intimacy with us. And we know he desires us. And he loves us. And he gave everything for us even in our imperfections even in our spiritual lack of beauty he says i love you fairest one you know that um my banner over the banqueting table is love that's god to us this beautiful picture that we take from marriage we take from god to us in the sense physically i love you you're beautiful god says i desire you wanting to be with you and in our relationship with god we don't want to let the little foxes in where things steal our attention where things steal our time when things take away from the deeper intimacy we can have with Christ and as you move on to there are times when Christ is always knocking he wants the fellowship he wants the intimacy revelation as we see in chapter 3 to dine to fellowship to have intimacy with us we need to learn not to say oh God I don't want that now because I'm all tucked in for the night I don't want to do this but as I let go of myself and I draw into the love of God the relationship thus then takes off and there are so many positive benefits let's stop the negative but not be silent on the positive of intimacy with man and woman in marriage and the picture for a relationship with christ in this that god wants to know us at the core the depth you know in the old testament it says describing intimacy that a man knew his woman knew his wife and what a beautiful picture of that that god in the spiritual sense in the emotional sense he wants to know us to the deepest frame of who we are and what an amazing picture in the song of songs the song of solomon because we are the bride and think of it spiritually his love Get the foxes out. I'm going to not turn my attention. But when he calls, open quickly and not complain and justify, I'm not. And enter into the depths of the bride, his loved bride, into spiritual intimacy. And what a beautiful picture that we have in marriage. And again, what a gift. What a gift that God has given, not just for procreation, but for a depth of knowledge, for pleasure, for joy, together, and take it to a spiritual place with God, with God, a deeper intimacy. Amen. Let's pray. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. And I pray for all of those who are married, God, that you would help us to desire one another, Lord, no matter what this world says, no matter comparing, we don't want to live that way. But to the ones we love, the fairest, the fairest ones, the most beautiful in our eyes, God, may we be careful not to let the little foxes in, 
Lord, responding to one another, respecting one another for your glory. Yeah, Lord, help us not to think of ourselves, Jesus. And would you just, Holy Spirit, strengthen marriages. And more importantly, help our relationship with you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your precious and your holy name. Amen. All right, we'll see you all later. Have a great week.